so is everyone decorated for Christmas? Yes? It's a muffled response, but you, it's fair enough. You have masks on, so that's okay. Did, did anyone put up a little nativity scene in their house? Got to raise your hand if you have a nativity scene set up. Hardly anyone. Come on. Okay, John does. Good. Few, few of you do. We've got two nativity scenes set up in our house because we, you know, we're like that. We've got two. And uh, it's always fun, you know, putting out the camels and the, the wise men. But I love, um, I love putting out Mary and Joseph. You know, and then, of course, you put the baby in last, right? And it's a little tiny little baby. That thing always gets lost, by the way. Anybody lost baby Jesus? That's not good. Don't lose baby Jesus. It's tiny. They should make him bigger. He needs to be. Anyway, so um, last week, Aunt talked about Mary and uh, brilliant talk. If you haven't heard it, go online and listen to it. Um, this week, I wanted to give Joseph's perspective to what was happening in the nativity story, in the Christmas story. And I can relate a little bit to Joseph because, not because I'm a carpenter, because I can't build anything. No, not because of that, but because I actually played Joseph many years ago in a passion play, in this big play at my church in Atlanta did, and there I am. Look at that. The only time in my life I've had a proper beard. There you go. A bit fuzzy. I love the look on the, guy, the kid on the right, right? He's like, why am I here? Please, can I be anywhere but right here? So um, this passion play, this story of Jesus play was massive, okay? We did nine shows in the Atlanta Civic Center for 5,000 people a show. So 45,000 people came to see this. I got cast as Joseph. The very beginning of the show, I have to walk out on stage with a real baby in my arms, a live baby, it's a different baby every night, by the way. Sometimes girls, sometimes boys. No one can tell. They're wrapped up. You know, it's okay. Some of them are brand new. They've just been born. You know, like, seriously, one of them was like, this baby was born a week ago. I'm like, this baby shouldn't be here. What are you doing? And then some of them were like a year old. One of them was like a sack of flour. I'm like, I cannot carry this baby and sing at the same time. This is too heavy. Who, who came up with this idea? This is a bad idea. But the deal was I had to walk out from uh, behind a little uh, house, and boom, a spotlight would hit me like this, and the baby. So it's not just me that's getting hit by, and I've got a little microphone in my hair, you know, that's sticking down like this. So we had a plan in place just in case the baby cried. There would be a, a, a lady sitting there, you know, as part of the cast, and if the baby started to cry, just kind of like a rugby ball, I just rugby toss that baby over to her. Because, you know, so sure enough, night one goes perfectly, I sing my song, and night two I come out, and these are the actual words, I'm not making this up, uh, you know, you're singing it, I, I sang this like 30 years ago, so I can't remember, it goes like this, how could it be this baby in my arms, I'm not going to sing it, um, sleeping now so peacefully, right, that's the second line, so I'm like, how could it be this baby in my arms, sleeping now? And when I hit now, this baby woke up. <laughs> and as I'm singing so peacefully, it's going, wah, right into the microphone. So I just rugby tossed that bad boy over to the lady and just kept on singing. And he's just screaming. He's like, I am not happy about this. I was not in on this decision to be on this stage. 
He's crying away, and she's just trying to muffle him as best she can without, you know, killing him. And I'm just singing my little solo song. And, I, and, and the words, though, are powerful to the song because Joseph is really kind of going, how am I, how'd you pick me? Of all the people on the planet Earth, how am I the one that's going to raise the Son of God? Right? I mean, that's a little intimidating, right? This guy's not going to do anything wrong. Hey, um, oh, you already did your homework. Okay, well. Hey, oh, you already did that too. Can you please just make a mistake so I can feel a little bit better about myself, right? How intimidating, how scary must that have been that God asked Joseph to take care of his son for the rest of his days. But we don't talk as much about Joseph as Mary, and I thought, let's lean in on this, right? So instead of the the Gospel of Luke, which really leans in on Mary's story, we go to the Gospel of Matthew. And Matthew was written um, by a guy named Matthew, shockingly, and he wrote this to a Jewish audience, So he was writing to people who were waiting on the Messiah, who were excited about this Savior who was going to come and save them. And he was supposed to come from this kingly line, right? He was going to come from the line of David. So the whole Matthew's gospel begins with this genealogy. The first chapter, he starts off by saying, uh, uh, here's the genealogy of Jesus Christ. It starts with Abraham who every Jew knew that was their greatest hero, right? He was the, he was the guy that, that God promised to bless this whole nation of people to, right? He's the beginning guy, Abraham. It starts with him, and then it goes through all of these names, these generations. There's three sets of 14 generations, or, or six sets of seven, which in the Bible is a perfect number, Right? Six sets of seven, and it goes from Abraham, and then it goes to King David. So whoever is in this line, in this generations, is from royalty. Now, we don't think about that a lot in the States, but here in the UK, it's like if you're in the royal line, that's a big deal. Everybody knows who you are, right? It's like, oh, they're, they're a prince, they're a princess, you know, they're an earl or a duke or whatever, you know, they're, they got castles and papers, and they're famous, well, if you're in the line of David, in the Jewish society, that's, that's as big as it gets, right? And it shows from Abraham to David, and then it goes through the genealogy to Jesus. But right before it gets to Jesus, let's not forget, I have too many things to hold. Let's not forget that it says this. At the very end it says, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who is called Christ. This was vital for uh, Matthew to present that Jesus had come from the line of David, as well as Abraham, to the Jewish people. But the very last person before you get to Jesus is Joseph. So we sometimes forget that. I forget that, that Joseph was also in the kingly line. It was through him that Jesus was born into this kingly line. In other words, Joseph was also a son of David. Now, the amazing thing is that somebody even knows this, right? David, King David was born a thousand years before Joseph was born. 
a thousand years. I would love to know if you were, somebody said, hey, what's your genealogy? How far back could you go? Right? I go back to my mom and dad, and after that it's like pop and mom. What are their names? I don't know. They're pop and mom. They're my grandparents. That's what I got. I go back two generations. After that, I have no idea where I came from. But this is a thousand years back. Because this was so important to them, everybody knew. Everybody knew your genealogy. If someone came to you and they said, well, who are you the son of? I was son of this, son of this, daughter of this, son of this. And you could go back. And they went back to David a thousand years. Abraham was hundreds of years before that. They went back almost 2,000 years of history. They knew their genealogy. Isn't that amazing? That was a big deal to them. And Joseph was part of that. Joseph was the son of David as well. So Matthew's presenting um, Joseph, and he's wanting us to understand not only Jesus, but Joseph. Joseph was a, a just man, Matthew calls him. Now, in a Jewish society, a just man meant a person who was a godly man, well-respected, right? He was someone that people knew. He had integrity. He was trusted. That was a big deal. He was also a carpenter. We know that, right? And a carpenter, now he was born, he lived in Nazareth. And Nazareth, by the way, was not a big place, okay? Nazareth had about 500 people in the whole village. That's it. So everybody would have known everybody. It wouldn't have been a whole lot bigger. If we filled this room up, that we'd have almost all of Nazareth in it, right? That's it. That's it. But he was a carpenter, but that also meant that he worked with stone as well. I discovered this when we visited Nazareth, and he would travel to loads of other villages. So Joseph would have been known throughout the region. They would have known his name. They would have known who he was. They would have known that he was a just man, a godly man, a trusted man. And then the story continues. It says, when we get to chapter 2, that Joseph and Mary are betrothed. Now, I don't know if you guys know what that means. It doesn't mean engaged. It's similar to engagement, but it's a bigger deal than engagement. When we, hear, when we talk about someone being engaged, to be married, we go, well, that's a big deal, but engagements stop. You know, you can break an engagement, and it's not as big a deal, right? But if you're betrothed, it means that there is a legal, you're, basically you're legally married, right? You are now legally married to one another, and the only way to break a betrothal was to have a divorce. You would have to divorce the person, which is a big deal, right? So it tells us that Mary and Joseph are betrothed, and this is, I, as I researched this, that's what I learned, that when you're betrothed, that usually lasts about a year, Okay, you'll be betrothed for a year. So this is why legally Jesus was Joseph's son. Because they were betrothed, they were legally to be married. But they didn't consummate their marriage yet, and they weren't going to consummate it for a year. They were going to wait. That was tradition. That's how they did it back then. You'd be legally married, but you would wait to consummate. And if you don't know what that means... Children, ask your parents so I can talk to you about it later. <clears throat> okay? So they haven't consummated the marriage. But then, check this out. And we heard about this last week. I'm just going to leave this here. I don't know if the can, can the cameras see me? I don't know where the cameras are. Um, it says this. 
Uh, Joseph, when Ma- um, his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the Holy Spirit. She was found to be with child. What in the world does that mean? She was found like, hey, you got a child. It's like, what happened? Well, here's a couple, here's a couple options, right? Either Mary gets visited by Gabriel, an angel, and yes, we believe that an angel visited Mary. We believe that. Uh, if you're a Christian, we believe that. And this angel said to her, the Holy Spirit's going to get you pregnant. So she either uh, took off, because in uh, the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that she went to visit her cousin, who was also pregnant, and spent time with her. So she didn't say anything to um, Joseph yet. She just hoofed it over to see her cousin and stayed there. And then she showed back up, and she couldn't hide it anymore. She had a big bump, and it was like, oh, you have child. You have been found to be with child. Either that happened or a very uncomfortable conversation. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there for that, right? Mary hears from Gabriel, and then she sees Joseph. She's like, hey, Joseph, Joe, hey, buddy, can we have a chat? He's like, sure. So he, he comes over, and she's like, I need to tell you something. Can you, what do you say? Uh, an angel visited me last night. Is that right? Yeah, an angel visited me last night and said that I am going to have a baby from God. Wow. How do you think Joseph's feeling at this moment? Right? How uncomfortable is that? Wait, say it again. An angel came to you, yes, and you're going to get pregnant, yes, from the Holy Spirit, yes. Huh. Right? He's feeling awkward. Matter of fact, Scripture tells us that if, if they did have this conversation, he didn't believe her. That he had his doubts. Now, here's the thing. In this society, which is a shame-based society, which means that the last thing you want to do as a child is ever bring shame to your family. We watched Mulan last night. And that's a shame-based society. It was all about do not bring shame to our family, whatever you do, right? So Joseph is sitting here in this moment, and he's going, my wife-to-be has just told me she's having a baby, and it's not mine, because we've never consummated. We've never been together. What do I do? What do I do now, right? So Scripture tells us this simply says, um, her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolves to divorce her quietly. So Joseph cares about Mary. He doesn't want to put her to shame. He doesn't want to put her in a position that everyone will reject her, maybe kick her out of the society look at her in a horrible way, he thinks, I will quietly divorce her and then she can go and get married to whoever it is has gotten her pregnant. And then no one will ever know any, any wiser. That's what Joseph's thinking. That's what Joseph's doing. He doesn't want to hurt Mary. Thinking about the other person first because he is a just man. I love that. But then, here's what happens. 
says this. But as he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And all of this took place in order to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him to do. He took his wife, but he did not know her until she had given birth to a son, and they called his name Jesus. So Joseph has a dream, and an angel in the dream says, she's not lying. What she has told you is true. This baby is from the Holy Spirit, and it's going to be a boy, and you're to call him Jesus. In other words, Joseph, you're going to raise God's son. And in that moment, I mean, I don't know, if you guys ever had powerful dreams, you wake up, and, you, and five minutes later, you've forgotten it? You think, I'm going to remember this dream for the rest of the day, the rest of my life, and then it just disappears into, into the ether, you know? This dream didn't disappear. This dream was so powerful, Joseph wakes up, and it's like, now I have a decision to make. Now I'm not worried about Mary's shame. Now i got to think about mine. Right? Because now, if he says yes to this, for the rest of his days, everyone's going to assume that Joseph couldn't wait. That Joseph and Mary just went ahead, consummated the marriage ahead of time, and they have brought shame upon his family and her family. This is a big decision. This is not easy. And not only that, but if, I, if he goes along with this, it's like, well, now I'm responsible for Jesus, God's son. What in the world does that look like? What's the rest of my life going to be like? I promise you this is not what Joseph thought life was going to be like, right? He thought, I'm a carpenter. I'm going to do my carpentry. Mary and I are going to get married. We're going to grow up in this village. Nice, quiet, uneventful life. And all of a sudden, everything changes. And he has a decision to make. What do I do? And as we know, he chose to trust the Lord. He chose to say, yes, okay. I had the dream. Mary's not lying. We're going to get married. I'm not going to consummate the marriage until after Jesus is born. I trust you, Lord. Powerful, unbelievable. That's a hero. That is a godly man. Now, for the young people in this room, I want you to be aware of something. Mary was a teenager. More than likely, she was a teenager. She probably was my daughter Maddie's age. And God in heaven picked her. And said, I want you to be the mom to my son. 
I want you to remember that, young people. It's not about age. God doesn't pick people because of their age. He picks them. He chooses them because of their heart. When their heart is fully his, the Lord leans in and says, I choose you. I want to hang out with you. There's a verse of scripture from 2 Chronicles that I think really fits this, and I think it's powerful. It simply says this. This is 2 Chronicles 16, 9, and it says, The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth so that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his. The eyes of the Lord roam throughout the earth looking for those whose heart are completely his so he can strongly support them. He chose a teenager and a young man, probably not a whole lot older than Mary, and said, I choose you. I trust you because your hearts are completely mine. Joseph and Mary went on to have several other children after that. I think it was another six. So they definitely consummated the marriage a few times. And Joseph, what I love as well is that Jesus became a carpenter. He followed in his dad's footsteps. But somewhere along the way, we don't hear about Joseph anymore, and we all assume that he died after Jesus was at least 12, because we know he was around until then. But he was a hero. He was a just man. He was a guy who protected his family. And, And think about it. He's someone that God chose and said, I want you to raise my son. I want you to be a model to my son of what a dad looks like. Isn't that incredible? So I look at this and I read this and I think, how does this, how do I respond to this? How does this reflect on me? And I just think, man, if, if God chooses people but whose hearts are completely his, who he can trust, right? I mean, they kept a secret for years, Think about that, right? It's like Superman. It's like the Kents, you know. It's like, shh, we can't tell anybody that we're raising Superman, right? And they didn't tell anybody for years. Mary and Joseph kept this secret about Jesus their whole life. And it didn't matter that people, their reputation took a hit, that people looked at them and were like, oh, yeah, Mary and Joseph, you know, couldn't wait. Shamed, embarrassed, they did it anyway. The Lord is looking for people, right, who will trust him and that he can trust to do the things that he asked them to do and go to the places he's asked them to go. His eyes roam throughout the earth looking for men and for women and teenagers, doesn't matter your age, whose hearts are completely his. And those are the people that he uses to do amazing things. So my response is simply this, Lord, I want 
you to know my heart is completely yours today. Next week, we're going to finish this story of the nativity, and I love that we get to do that. But it, it's telling this amazing story of Jesus' birth, the celebration, and the beginning of this ministry that Jesus had on the earth. And I hope and pray you bring your friends and family or watch it online as we celebrate Christmas together. And I pray that we're reminded of these two amazing people that God chose, Mary and Joseph, whose heart were completely his. Let's pray. Thank you, God, so much for reminding us of this powerful story, how you chose Mary and you chose Joseph, and you used them both to raise your son. God, I pray that as we reflect on this story, as we think about it, that we would think, would God use me? Could God use me? Is my heart completely his? And our prayer is that our hearts would be completely yours, that we would trust you and we would be trustworthy to you, that you would choose us to do something miraculous. And we pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen.